0: Hello! Welcome to the third series of A Seat at the Table, a podcast bringing together feminism, dinner parties, music and food. I'm Alex, your host, the creator of Spare Ribs Club, an intersectional feminist book and supper club which explores feminism and social justice through literature, art, music and food. Each episode I invite our guests to take us through their perfect feminist dinner party, three feminist icons as dinner guests, three courses and three tunes being played on repeat. This week, I'm very pleased to welcome Habiba Katcha. Habiba is a freelance journalist who writes about race, gender, beauty, and internet culture. She has written for publications such as Refinery29, HuffPost, Galdem, iNews, The Indie, and several others. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi,
1: thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: So which three guests are you inviting over for your dream feminist dinner party?
1: So the first person that I chose was Angela Davis. So Angela Davis is obviously renowned, noun, f- um, feminist known for her role in the civil rights movement, but also known as a feminist. One of her, uh, my favorite books by her, are race, race, class, and gender. And, I feel like she would just be a legendary person to speak to because she's seen so much and she's literally been on the front line. She's been to prison so I'd want to speak to her about those experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, The second person is the goat that is Bell Hooks. Um, She is I'd say the first person that kind of introduced me to the idea of womanism. Mm. I first kind of um heard about feminism or kind of like got taught about feminism through sociology in sixth form mm-hmm. so there I learned about like the basics of feminism so like first wave, second wave, and third wave and we slightly t- touched on to womanism but then bell hooks was like my first introduction into womanism and what it looks like to be a black feminist so I started reading her at 19 and she's just got an amazing body of work and I think it's quite sad because I don't know if we'll ever get another bell hooks. Mm. Um I don't think there'll ever be another bell hooks. I'd want to sit with her and kind of just ask her about her experiences and what she thinks about feminism today. And the last person is Toni Morrison. So she is a fictional writer and though she might be though she might not be known as a feminist per se, I feel like her work is known very largely in the black community i read the bluest eye last year and it was really interesting and she kind of portrayed colorism in a very interesting way so i would love to sit with her about that
0: mm. so these three guests uh, how do you think they get on as a as a trio
1: i feel like they Go on really really well i am sure that Angela Davis and Bell Hooks have a, quite a couple of things in common but I feel like they might also disagree with a couple of things mm-hmm. and Morrison of course is a fictional writer so it'd be very interesting to see how she would sit in this um room with non-fiction feminist writers so yeah
0: mm-hmm. and yeah speaking of where it's kind of set where do you imagine this dinner party to be held
1: at my home, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I like to host. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I would actually do it at my home because I feel like hosting at home just makes everybody... or some, Being host at someone's home makes everybody feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So.
0: so you have got your three guests. Yes. Uh, what music is playing?
1: Okay, so the first song is A Change is going to come by Sam Cooke. Just because I feel like that is something that a lot of the guests would have heard growing up and I feel like it is quite appropriate for the themes and some of the things that we'll be talking about. Mm -hmm. The second thing is I Want You by Marvin Gaye. I love this song so much Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's a song that they all would have listened to back in their heyday. (laughs) (laughs) And the last one is True Love by Wizkid because it's one of my favourite songs and I feel like it's a nice introduction into what black music, African music sounds like today. So I think they might like that.
0: Mm, that's a great, those are some, yeah, great choices. My, one of my favourite songs is actually A Change Is Gonna Come. So um, yeah, yeah I approve. <laughs> uh, so you've got your three guests uh, sitting in your home. Uh, music's playing. What are you serving them uh, to drink?
1: Oh, to drink. Okay, this is really interesting. So, I am a Prosecco girly. I feel (laughs) like we would probably start with some sort of Prosecco, Mm. a pink Prosecco, preferably. And I feel like everyone needs to have free drinks, like a cold drink, a juice. And then like a hot drink. Mm. So yeah. the cold drink, I would say, would be apple juice because right. you can't go wrong with apple juice. And then we probably have like a peppermint tea at the end to like wash everything down.
0: Delicious. Yeah, that's like this. Um, What's the thing that a drink for hydration, a drink for fun and a drink for health or something like that? <laughs>
1: that's literally. <laughs> uh,
0: so onto the food. What are you serving your guests for your starter? And are you cooking this feast or are you getting someone else to cook it?
1: Um, I feel like I would get someone else to cook it because I'm such a perfectionist. Whenever I'm hosted, I just get really stressed out and really cool. anxious. So I'd probably give it to someone else. So the starters, I would have an oxtail croquette. So oxtail is obviously like a, a meat. Mm-hmm. And I had oxtail croquette at a Jamaican restaurant in Deptford mm. a year ago I'm still dreaming about it like it was the best big I've ever had in my life mm-hmm. so I would get someone to make lots to start mm-hmm. and then for my main I am Congolese so I thought it would um, be great if I could put some Congolese food in there so I'd have some rice with pondu which is cassava leaves mm-hmm. and they're like mashed together and it's really delicious and then I'd also have like salt fish as well. Delicious. And then, for dessert, you cannot go wrong with a sticky toffee pudding and Mm. ice cream. And, of course, I'm Congolese, but I'm also British, so that would just be, like, a nice spin-off of, like, Black British culture.
0: Mm. That's a great menu that kind of, yeah, encompasses Black British food. You've got a bit of a Jamaican influence, Congolese, Mm. and then ending with a proper traditional British pudding, which is, yeah, that's a fab menu and so you've served this beautiful food um prosecco pink prosecco is is flowing um what do you think the conversations would be about with your with these three um kind of legendary guests
1: hmm. i think a lot of the conversations would kind of screw between what feminism looked like back then and what it looks like now currently on tiktok there is a large conversation around housewives and whether or not people should be housewives and moving away from the traditional stay-at-home um mums and stuff like that so those are the type of things that i want to ask them about and ask them about what feminism has become and where they think it should go i feel like that is something that i'd love to know from them
0: mm. i mean that's a <clears throat> yeah interesting point because all of them are well, mostly kind of 20th century feminists. So mm-hmm. the worlds that they were inhabiting and became famous in were quite different from the world that young women live in now.
1: Exactly, very much so. So I'd want to know what they think about the feminists of today. Are we too weak? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, what was what do you think, in kind of your gut feeling, what, what do you think their reactions would be?
1: Hmm. I feel like Angela Davis would probably be a bit more kinder I feel like she would probably be more understanding of like our position as women today was I feel like bell hooks would be a bit more stricter mm-hmm. and I feel like Toni Morrison would probably maybe be listening more because mm-hmm. she's more of a fictional person um I feel like she'd have more to say about race than probably mm-hmm. feminism of course mm-hmm. things intersect um but yeah
0: that's yeah interesting um and where is the evening leading do you think it's going to end uh in conversation and then bedtime or do you think you're all going out you know dancing that kind of thing where where do you think it's going to end and, and what kind of time
1: i feel like it might end with us going to watch videos about something and debating it <laughs> so i don't think we'd go out but i think we'd probably put on like a video About something that was topical, Mm. and then discuss it. So I don't know if we'd go out dancing, but I definitely say we'd probably close up the shop at like eleven thirty.
0: Nice, yeah, in in time for a good night's sleep. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like all of those women probably, yeah, prioritize sleep. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, in terms of your kind of wider work, you're obviously a, a freelance journalist, um. How do you feel your own feminism intersects with uh, your job and, and your writing?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question, Um, because when I kind of decided I wanted to be a writer, I would say that I was in sixth form, and at that time, I don't know if I would kind of say that I was a feminist, but as I continued studying and continued learning about feminism, I pretty much one knew that I was a feminist and two that I was a womanist and I was very intentional about wanting to speak about black people and black women mm-hmm. in my work so I would say that the way that feminism intersects with my work is that I want black women to be heard and I want black women to be humanized because I don't think that we are humanized with the media at all that was like one of my one of the, my main things about becoming a journalist is humanizing black women and also just allowing them to have the space to um, be seen, I would say. So, yeah.
0: And how have your experiences as a young Black woman influenced your writing?
1: Um, in so many ways, because it's interesting, because, of course, I say that I talk about, like, kind of, like, the hard-hitting subjects, but there's also, as I've grown as a writer, i also realised that, Gen being a journalist can also be fun that everything has to be like so hard-hitting so I would say that my experiences as a black woman have influenced my work in terms of I now write a lot about beauty and the intersections of race as well and what it looks like to be a black woman today and beauty and stuff like that um so yeah I don't know if I answered the question but yeah
0: no no that that makes sense and I suppose it's interesting to hear yeah you're th- it's it's um a good point that journalism especially when it's the type of journalism that is about race and gender it often people feel like it has to be super serious and kind of heavy and hard-hitting which there is a space for that but also there's a space for more light-hearted journalism um Yeah. yeah and and for you how does that um writing about beauty and race how do they intersect what kind of articles would you be writing about
1: so i've written a lot about hair because i feel like whether you like it or not whether you agree or not hair for black women is i'd say inher- inherently political even if you love your hair you are always going to get questioned for the way that you style it and the way that you do it so i've written a lot about hair i've also written a lot about body image because i feel like that's something that um not a lot of people kind of factor in when we talk about body image so Last year when um, there was the whole heroin chic thing going on, I basically wrote a piece about um, whenever body trends are changing, black women are always kind of forgot about but always sidelined. So even like with the whole BBL era, though a lot of black women naturally have curves, it was a white woman, Kim Kardashian, who kind of propelled the curvy look into mainstream culture but it wasn't young girls saying they wanted to look like black women. It was young girls wanting to look like Kim Kardashian with these improportionate body standards. So I feel like regardless of um, body trends, black women are always going to be at the, the kind of back of them. Um, I've also just spoken about like makeup products that we like and stuff like that. And I wrote about I tanned for the first time. So I used self-tanner and what that experience was like as a black woman. So yeah, I'd say like quite a lot of different things.
0: Mm. And I guess... It's really important for young black women to be writing and their audience is also young black women. Mm. But do you feel that there it's kind of writing for, in that kind of subject is people only feel that it's a space for black women so that there should be more uh, white women, for example, writing about a slightly broader range of kind of beauty products and that kind of thing or or do you feel that it should be kind of um, black women writing about that?
1: I feel like it depends on the article so for example if you're writing about a list of really good foundations or a list of really good blushes then I feel like a white woman should go out of her way to look at foundations and blushes that are applicable to all women of women at all of all different shades but if we're talking about something specific like body trends and how that affects black women I think that should be written by black people I feel like I've seen this kind of like I think because a lot of black people have spoken about white people writing about black things I think now a lot of them are kind of scared to write about black things but I don't think that's the what we're saying I think what we're saying is leave the specifically black things to black people but when you're talking about things that are inclusive and can be inclusive I think white people and white journalists can write about that
0: mm. and I'd love to ask you given that one of your guests is um bell hooks what your favorite um book of hers uh is
1: oh um that's so basic um, <laughs> <laughs> all about love mm. I say that because she, it's part of a series and I'm going to read the other two books in her series but all about love I would say like it Definitely changed the way that I think about love. I need to reread it, but yeah, it is one of those books that everyone reads it, and they're like,
0: "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, it was our um book uh, of the month last February because I guess it's kind of Valentine's yeah themed um, and it had lots of mixed reactions and and kind of uh people of of different in different stages of their twenties feeling quite differently about different things that she had said so it's definitely one that you should re- reread as you kind of maybe come out of relationships get into relationships date different people that kind of thing
1: yeah definitely and I think it's also very important for men to read that book
0: <laughs> um, I mean that's a yeah a good topic to kind of talk about is um the space that men and maybe particularly uh, black men hold in um intersectional feminism what what more do you feel men can do to uh become better feminists
1: Hmm. I feel like the first thing is to just listen to our experiences I feel like a lot of men they don't listen to our experiences and kind of just like look at the stats and stuff but I feel like it's very important to listen to our experience and believe our experiences um I think the second thing to do is I think the reason why I love All about Love is because I feel like now with pop feminism and stuff like that a lot of people are learning about social issues through the internet which is not a bad thing but I think it's making a lot of people want to be right rather than wanting to help humanity if that makes sense so I feel like a lot of men actually need to go back to the basics of understanding love and what it looks like to love other women because there's so many men I know that would say they're liberal and that they support women rights but you treat women like trash so you yes. like you know you might go to the marches and stuff but how do you treat women in your day-to-day life mm-hmm. um yeah
0: yeah it's a it's a good point it's kind of actions speak louder than words I guess and and there is a uh it's fashionable to be um feminist at the moment and but whether that's actually uh true feminism is is yet to be seen see. so what's um in the kind of in terms of the new year twenty twenty four um what's next for your writing um what are your kind of plans i guess for the year and beyond
1: yeah, so I would love to write some sort of book um I'm in like my book proposal stage but I don't want to say <laughs> yeah that's
0: exciting amazing
1: <laughs> thank you so I would love to like write a book I think I would like to do like more hard hitting journalism so like maybe like an investigation I think that would be really quite cool I would love to like write something about different countries and policies and stuff like that um and yeah I would love to start a book club as well and I would just like to do like different creative ventures. I would say I'm trying to get into like baking more.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, nice. <laughs>
1: I had to swim for the first time last year, so swimming and stuff like that. So yeah, and just also getting into like content creation as well. I've been on TikTok like everyone else, but um,
0: yeah. I mean, I'm also got into swimming. Um, yeah, last year, and it's it's yeah. a. I guess. Uh, it's a fun activity but i always find it's in winter it's slightly harder cuz it's chilly and um, yeah it's difficult to kind of keep your hair protected from chlorine and that kind of thing as someone with very curly hair so i can imagine for someone with um yeah kind of <laughs> african hair it's pretty difficult as well
1: honestly but when i first started my hair was short so i didn't have any issue like sometimes i'd actually go without a swimming cap because my hair really- was short. My hair was so short that it did matter anyway. So I'll probably only feel that now.
0: <laughs> um, and in, I know you're a a, a big bookworm um, and your Instagram kind of talks a lot about books and, and what you're reading. What were your favourite books of um,
1: 2023? Oh, I need to go to my notes. Wait, hang on. <laughs> um i'm literally just typing it right now books in 2023 oh 2023 was such a good reading year for me i would say so one of the best books i read last year was zora books her happy ever after by taj mccoy so it's a romance book a black romance book Mm -hmm. and i'm not a romance book girly at all but it was really really sweet and fun to read um more than enough by elaine wilteroff um, who was the first black woman to be an editor in chief of a Vogue title? Her book, I would suggest to any creative woman, any journalist. absolutely fantastic. um mm. Arrangements in blue, which is like a memoir by a poet by called Amy Key, so it's basically about being single all her life and her experiences, and it's fantastic. Mm. I'm a fan by Sheena Patel, so it's essentially about a woman who's having an affair. Um no, well, she's sleeping with a man in a relationship, but she is obsessed with the girlfriend. So she yeah. basically Instagram stalks her.
0: Oh, that sounds like a really good book.
1: It's so funny. And also it's <laughs> written, it's kind of written like an Instagram page. So it's actually very, very, very short. Um, and it's really, really funny. Um, Marmo by Jessica George, which is a coming of age story about a Ghanaian woman in the UK. What else? Rootless by Crystal Zara Appiah. It's basically about a black woman who doesn't like her child. Basically, <laughs>
0: it's really interesting.
1: Um, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Um, I could go on and on, on, but yeah, fantastic books of last year.
0: That's a that is definitely a good a good reading year. What are your um What books are you most looking forward to um in twenty twenty
1: four? I need to read. Emma Dabiri's book about beauty I need to read that Um, but other than that I feel like this year might be a non-fiction year for me I think one because I'm trying to write my own book but two I feel like I haven't actually read a lot of non-fiction books in a while I think like we were kind of saying it's so hard to um, learn when you're an adult like when you're in university you're literally constantly learning you're going to talks outside of lectures and stuff so I feel like I kind of want to go back into that so I want to read more of um, Bell Hooks books, and more Pluto books about everything because Pluto is absolutely great. Um, so yeah, I think just loads of non-fiction books around the world about the world. I would say
0: amazing. Um, that's definitely uh, some of your books that you enjoyed in twenty twenty three. Sounds they sound right up my street, so I will add them to my to my list as well. And I'm sure um our listeners um our members will appreciate those recommendations too so I always ask my guests one final question Mm -hmm. uh which is what are you doing on an everyday basis in a small way um to become a better feminist either for yourself or for others around you
1: Mm. I would say trying to practice self-care because I think as a black woman um your day-to-day life is can just be filled with anger from just some of the things you see like on TikTok I generally just don't know how dark-skinned women deal with constantly being called ugly every single day or aggressive every single day so I think practicing self-care is very important because it just allows you to prioritize yourself Mm that's
0: yeah that's a great answer and it's a kind of something that helps both yourself but also those around you to be your your best self exactly well thank you so much Olivia for uh recording with us uh this this morning um it's been lovely to speak to you
1: thank you thank you for having me